Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Here we are together again, and we're continuing to talk about the land of motherhood, this good land. I hope that in the last few weeks that you have been enjoying this good land because that's what the Bible calls it. Today, we are up to number two. Point number two, it is a chosen land. Now, we began our series uh, telling you how we are taking all these points from what God calls the land of Israel, what was the promised land for his people. And it was God who chose this land. It wasn't something the children of Israel found themselves or discovered for themselves. God went ahead and he chose this land. This portion of land in the middle of the world was what God chose for his people. We read in Ezekiel 20 verse 6, In that day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had espied for them. Now, I wonder if you've ever heard that word espied before, E-S-P-I-E-D. It's an old-fashioned word, and that's King James language. But it's amazing. I was just thinking about this scripture the other day, and then I went for a little walk down to our spring. Our water comes to our home from about a mile away from a beautiful spring. And unfortunately, that day, our um, water pipes had all frozen and we had no water. This often happens with us here out in the country. So Colin was out in the cold trying to um, cut the pipes and um, get all the ice out and uh, then put them back together again. In fact, when I got down there, it was quite amazing to see all these these pieces of ice just shooting out um, of these pipes. But anyway, on the way down, I met some guys. I thought, who are these guys? And uh, I found out later they were surveyors. But anyway, they said to me, oh, so uh, you are going down to espy Mr. Campbell, are you? And I couldn't believe my ears that I had just been reading this word in the Bible. And here was this guy saying this word. I mean, who in the world today says the word espy? But he did. So it's a real word, ladies. But It means to choose or to pick out. I'll read you some other translations so you get the real meaning. In the God's Word translations, it says, A land I had chosen for them. The New English translation says, On that day I swore to bring them out of the land of Egypt to a land which I had picked out for them. Other translations say, which I searched out for them. 
the New Living Translation says, I took a solemn oath that day that I would bring them out of Egypt to a land I had discovered and explored for them, a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the best of all lands everywhere. And so God went ahead and he had that land chosen out for them, ready years before they went in to possess the land. And dear ladies, this is true with the land of motherhood. We didn't choose it. We didn't plan it. We didn't even think it up. God chose this land for us. It was in his mind. It was in his heart before he even created the first woman. He planned the destiny for the women that he would create. And he espied, he discovered, he chose the land for them, our land of motherhood, a land where God has chosen that we, as his female creation, will come into the home and embrace children and bring forth the godly seed. And uh, it's a place where we, uh, a sanctuary, a secure and safe place to raise a family and where we build a strong godly home and we build a beautiful marriage. It's in this home, it's in this land of motherhood and homemaking. And in the world today, it is despised. But it is what God chose for us. And so, if we love God, if we want to walk in his ways, we will love what he chose for us, won't we? Yes, Psalm 44, 3 says, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favour unto them. And so in Psalm 12, verse 6, it says these words, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. I love that scripture because it tells us there that every plan of God, every word has been tried. Not tried only once, but tried seven times times, gone through the purification of trying seven times before we ever got his word here on earth. It is a pure word. It's a tried word. It's a word that works for all generations. And it's this plan, this, this chosen land that he chose for us he planned before the foundation of the world and it's been tried and purified and it's the best. No matter what the world says, it is the best. All right, number three. This land is a delightful land. Now, there's a number of scriptures about it being a delightful land 
And also I found that there's a number of different Hebrew words. God doesn't only use one Hebrew word to describe the word delightful and to describe the land that he chose. So we'll look into them, shall we? The first Hebrew word is kemda. If you are writing it down, which I don't think you will be, because you may be out walking or you may be doing the dishes or you may be holding your baby and nursing your baby. But it is spelled C-H-E-M-D-A-R. And this word means delightful, beloved, precious, pleasant, beautiful, desirable. And in Psalm 106, verse 24, it says, Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. And this scripture is talking about how they've come to the land, but they, they didn't believe that, that God could, could look after them. They despised it. And yet it was this beloved, delightful, beautiful land. And uh, this is very much uh, the testimony we see of motherhood today. God has given us a delightful land, but so many despise it. They, they really don't put much um, value on it at all. I think mainly because they've been brainwashed. I mean, inside of us. If, if we don't have all the brainwashing of our education system and of our media and of our society around us, in us just innately, we, we love being a woman. We love to be a mother. We love home. That is innately within every woman. However, uh, the female creation today have been very, very brainwashed, um, especially by our education system, to think that motherhood is insignificant and they do not know the truth. See, what we are doing in these podcasts, dear ladies, is reminding one another of the truth. We are constantly bombarded with deception and lies, and that's and we think they're true, and that's how we live. But they are lies, they are deception, and we've got to come to believe and live the truth. And the truth is that the land of motherhood is a delightful land. So, you've either got to believe it, or disbelieve it. You've either got to embrace it or despise it. We have to choose what we're going to do. And where I planted my people, they will trample all over my chosen land. They will turn my beautiful land, that's Kemdar, into a desolate wasteland. They will lay it waste. It will lie parched and empty before me. The whole land will be laid waste. But no one living it will living in it will pay any heed. Now this is um, a picture of what happened to Israel. God's people went in eventually after forty years in the wilderness to possess this good land, this chosen land, this delightful land. 
And uh, they conquered their enemies and they lived in, in uh, wonderful joy and goodness for many years. But as the years went by, they began to take on evil ways and they became even more evil than the people whom they'd cast out of the land. And so God cast them out of the land because he, he could not stand that they, his own people, were living in such sin. But he never gave up on his people and he promised that he would bring them back. But the interesting thing is that in all those years when Israel was out of the land, except maybe just a few living there, and it was left just to go to waste. And the land of Israel became a waste. It was once a fertile, glorious, beautiful land. But when his people left, it went to waste. It became barren when the children of Israel began to come back to the land um, even before Israel became a nation, especially after, after 1948. Uh, and they began to come back. They came back to just barrenness and malarial swamps. And, oh, it was an incredible challenge to, to work that land again. But the amazing thing is that as they have come back, the land is coming back to its glory again and its delightsomeness and, and uh, it's becoming fruitful and glorious and beautiful. It's amazing. Um, every time you go to Israel, you see more delight and more fruitfulness and more blossoming, which God said would happen. And uh, in fact, we see that in Ezekiel 36. Let me just go to it now. Ezekiel 36. It's a wonderful chapter to read sometime when you've got your Bible with you. Um, just look up to Ezekiel 36. and a It's a prophetic word given to the people of Israel who are coming back to the land and what will happen when they come back to the land. And so it starts off, also, thou son of man, prophesy. Now, when uh, it says the word prophesy, we usually think, wow, um, there's going to be a pro prophecy from a great prophet and he's going to prophesy to some person. But no, here he's prophesying to the land. And it says prophesy unto the mountains of Israel. And say, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. And so, it's speaking to the very land. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that ye might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen, and so on. Therefore ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains, and to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys, to the desolate wastes and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and a derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. And it goes on to say all the good things that God will do to the land. And, um, oh, somewhere down in this chapter, it, it just talks about um, how that 
um, the land will begin to bring forth fruit for my people. And that's an amazing thing because when you go to Israel and especially you go out to the West Bank and to the hills of Samaria and you see these barren hills and all it is is just barren stones and you think how can this land become uh, just fruitful and blossom again and then you look and there's these glorious beautiful fruitful vineyards oh and and the fruit that is on them is luscious and huge and beautiful and then you look a little closer and you see that these vineyards are growing out of the barren stones. You cannot even believe it. It was one of the greatest miracles I have ever seen in my life. And, and, and how are they doing it? Because it's the prophetic word of the Lord. He said, when my people come back, they will sow the land, they will plant vineyards, and the land will bring forth fruit for my people. It comes forth through the word of the Lord. It is absolutely prophetic. Amazing, and uh, but that is what is happening. It's coming again to be this uh, beautiful, delightsome land. Yes. So anyway, uh, Jeremiah three nineteen, New Living Translation. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, Kemda, delightful, the finest possession in the world. And then Malachi 3.12, all the nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. This is God's intention for his land of Israel. It was and it will be a delightsome land. It is his plan and intention for the land of motherhood. Dear ladies, he wants your land of motherhood in your home and in the land around your home, even if it's only a little plot or maybe in a lot of acres. He wants it to be delightsome. Of course, you've got to help him make it delightsome. That's another thing God wants us to do. It doesn't, nothing just happens. We are to make this land a delightsome land and you can make motherhood what you want it to be. It all comes back to our attitude. If our attitude is one, oh, I could be doing something else. Help, what am I doing here in this home? I've got, I've got talents and gifts and degrees to do something far greater than be in this home and in, you know, kind of prisoned up in these four walls. And if that's your mindset, well, you're going to be miserable. But if you understand the truth, this is the land God has given to you. It's a delightsome land and you embrace it and you pour your heart into it. It will become more and more delightful. All right. Now, there's another Hebrew word, second one, kefetz. And um, this one means um, pleasure or delight. They all have just about the same meaning, but it's amazing how God uses these different words. And so God has given 
This whole land, the land of marriage, yes, marriage is very much part of this land. In fact, the very foundation of this land. If we're not making our marriage delightsome, how can the rest of the land be delightsome? It starts with our marriage. And so, lovely ladies, every day you've got to put some delight into your marriage. You have to do something. You have to say something. It just Things don't just happen. If you want to have a delightful marriage, you can have it. You can have it by your attitude and by your actions and by the words that you say. But you've got to get that right because that is the foundation of this delightsome land. And uh, so, okay, um, I noticed six things here and in this world where this word is used, kefets, six things that we are to de delight in. Number one, we delight in the land, of course. We delight in our marriage. We delight in our motherhood and mothering our children. We delight in making our home the greatest place um, that it can be. Number two, we delight in God's word. The same word is used in Psalm 1 verse 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And as we delight in his word, that will bring us into the truth of delighting in our land of motherhood. Thirdly, we're to delight in God's people. Psalm 16, verse 3. And David is speaking here and he says to the Lord, My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. God wants us to, to delight in his people. All right, if we are delighting in God's people, we'll want to be getting together with God's people. We'll love to show hospitality to God's people. We'll delight to get together each week to meet with God's people, whether we meet on a Saturday or whether we meet on a Sunday. But we will delight to be at the gathering of the saints, the gathering of God's people. When we stay away from the gathering of God's people, when we think, oh, well, I've got something else to do today, or we don't put so much value on it, we're not really delighting in the people of the Lord. And what is David saying here? He says, my goodness extendeth not to thee, O Lord, but to your people. What he's saying is that this is how I'm going to show my delight in you, Lord. Because Christ is the head, we are his body on the earth, the attitude and how we uh, relate to God's people is how we're relating to God. It's how we extend our love and our goodness to the Lord, by extending it to his people. 
All right, the fourth one, we delight in wisdom, Proverbs 8, 11. And next one, we delight in the works of the Lord. We, we just love to enjoy creation. We delight in our children who are his works. My, what a glorious uh, world God has created. But the most amazing of all his creations are the children that he gives to us. Oh my, every child is so special, so unique. And even every child God gives to you, not one is the same. They're not all cookie cutters. Every single one is different. There's never been anyone like this little child in the whole of the world, and there will never be anyone like him in the whole of the world again. It's one special, unique, amazing creation. The works of the Lord. And we delight in them. And yes, the last one, we delight in our homemaking tasks. Proverbs 31 verse 13 says, And she, the virtuous woman, works willingly with her hands. The interesting thing, ladies, is that word willingly, uh, that's the same word, kefetz, meaning delight, pleasure. And so although they have translated it willingly in the King James Version, it really means to take delight in everything you're doing in your home. Take delight in the work of your hands and all the mundane tasks and washing the dishes again because you're going to do them at least three times a day and, and you're going to be, you know, doing all the, the tasks that have to be done to keep a home clean and orderly. And they're the works of your hands, but we take delight in them. As we take delight in them, we're making our land a delightsome land. Are you getting the message, lovely ladies? All right, a third Hebrew word. So similar to the last one, this one it's korfates. The only difference is, a, is an A instead of an E in the Hebrew word. And it also means to be pleased with to desire, to delight, to have pleasure. So let's read some scriptures here. Numbers 14, verse 8. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. So we see God brought his people into this delightsome land because he delighted in them. And dear precious ladies, he brings you into the land of motherhood and the land of homemaking and the, your realm where you are queen of your domain. See, Looking after our home is not some insignificant little task. It's huge. It's unbelievable. And it's as big and as amazing and as delightful as you can make it. Because God gives you a domain. You're the boss. 
You can do what you like. You can get visions to do wonderful projects. You, you can just get understanding and visions um, to, on how to, to ultimately and the best way to train and teach your children. And you're queen of your domain. And uh, so, yes... He delights in you to bring you into this wonderful, wonderful domain, this realm where you are queen. Second Samuel 22, verse 20. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And he's speaking there of the land. We're going, one of our 20 points down the road will be, it's a large land, so we'll talk on that later. Psalm 22, verse 8. He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. So it's all about delight. God delighting in us, and then we delighting in him and in the land he gives us. Fourth Hebrew word, kashak, and it means, again, to delight in. Deuteronomy 10, verse 15. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you, above all people, as it is this day. Well, that's a similar scripture to the ones we've just read, even though it's a different Hebrew word. God brings us in because he delights in us. Now, Adan, this is number five, means to be pleasant, to delight. Nehemiah 9.25, and they took strong cities and a fat land. That's going to be another point down the road. It's a fat land. And possessed houses full of all goods, wells digged, vineyards and olive yards and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and they were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in thy great goodness. God has so many good things and good pleasures and to give you in this land of motherhood so you can delight in them dear ladies do you do you think you can change your thinking do you think you can begin to change your speaking and instead of complaining and groaning, can you begin to speak the words that God says about the land he's given you? That it's a good land, and it's a chosen land, and it's a delightful land. Oh, I do want to challenge you to begin to speak Bible language. So often we, we speak the language of the kingdom of darkness which is full of unbelief and deception and destruction and and uh, everything the the enemy is for he comes to kill rob and destroy but god's kingdom is a kingdom of life 
and, and it's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it's a good kingdom, and it's a delightful kingdom. Yes. So let's change our attitudes. Let's change our thinking. Let's change our vocab. Amen? All right. Here's one more. Eden. It's actually in the Hebrew pronounced Aden, but we all call it Eden because it is talking about the Garden of Eden. And that Hebrew word Eden also means pleasure and delight. Did you know that? Did you know that's what Eden means? The very first home that God created was a home of pleasure, a home of delight. And ladies, it was the prototype of all homes to come. Everything that was written in the Old Testament, whether it was written about a person, about a thing, or about a land, um, it's a type. And then when we go to the New Testament and we see it fulfilled there, it becomes the prototype. And it is fulfilled there. And this is a type and a prototype. The type was the land, the Garden of Eden, which was to be a home of great delight and pleasure. And God wants this for all future homes. And so that can be our whole vision of our life, making our home a delight, a garden of Eden. Here it's talking not only about a home, but also the garden part of the home. In the Bible, home is not just a home. It's a home and a garden. They are together. They are actually one. Just like husband and wife are one. A garden and a home are one. Well, it's not always like that today, is it? Because many people don't have gardens today. Many people live in the city and they don't even have room. But it was always God's intention for a garden to be part of the home. Not only with beautiful flowers and trees to beautify a home, but to provide for the home, to grow food for the home. So maybe you're saying, well, goodness, that's beyond me. I don't even have any space to do a garden at all. Well, dear lovely mother, dear lovely wife, you can always do something. If you don't even have one tiny little bit of earth, you can grow some herbs in some pots in your home. You can grow something. So you've got a little bit of a garden. Isn't that good? And, uh, oh, this is interesting. This same word is used in Genesis 18, verse 12. And it's where God came to Abraham. Um, Abraham at that time, and Sarah. And he told them that Sarah would have a son. But she couldn't believe it, and she laughed. And uh, she said, after I'm wax old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the word is Eden. Um, that same word for the Garden of Eden. And in that context, it is talking about not only the pleasure and delight of having a 
baby and mothering, but also the delight of sexual intimacy. That's all contained in the meaning um, there in Genesis 18.12. So, it's all about delight, ladies, and time is up again. So, next week, we'll look into some more points about this wonderful land. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. We're always thanking for your, you for your word. I thank you for your word every day because it shows me the way. It shows every one of us the way you want us to live. And Lord, we find out that we're often so far away from your word. We're so far away from your truth. Oh God, we ask that you will bring us into your truth. You'll bring us into the language of the Bible. You'll help us to see, Lord God. And Lord, here today, we, we've only um, learned of two more descriptions that you chose this land for us. And, and it is a delightful land. Lord, even this is so amazing, although we've got many more to learn. I pray that you will help us all to delight in our marriages and delight in our homes and delight in our, our powerful career of mothering. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>